Hi. What, Aaron, what has happened to you? I'm fine. I'm just at my apartment. There's some people behind me. <laughs> the sunset looks very fake, but beautiful in a way. <laughs> I'm being attacked by a cat painting and uh, repping Videodrome here in the ATL. You know, nice, nice, nice. So those who can't see, I'm my head is floating. Uh, we'll have to post a screenshot. Uh, maybe I will when we edit, because <laughs> uh, only the uh, the subtaxes will see it. And Drew, you are in uh, the 2001 uh, space station. Is that right? This is this is this is the Hilton. This is where I teach all my remote <laughs> classes from, so they don't have to look at my kitchen. So yeah, this is this is it. I nice. should have put okay. it in the Shining Hotel. It would have been more, but it, it's one of these things where Zoom is constantly losing the the wallpapers I set up, and for some reason this one sticks. So I just get lazy. That's great, but, yeah. And I think you can argue that uh, that that is a horror film. Uh, <laughs> Hal would argue otherwise. So yeah, we're both uh, Jill and I are repping the house. So for those on audio, I had my head floating for a second. Um, Jill has fire in her back of her head so um it's blood oh it's blood it's it's blood it's the possessed the the possessed cat yeah it's the possessed cat painting and it's like um you know like projectile Projectile. vomiting (laughs) blood that makes sense yeah it's like a freeze it's a it's a freeze frame so we're getting (laughs) so it looks like fire but really it's 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 blood yeah probably a couple (laughs) frames away it would look a lot less like fire um, so Drew, you are our first guest to this new project, uh, Cine oh. Journeys. Uh, this is episode two. We just did one on Miyazaki. Yeah. And so um, we wanted to do horror. I, when we think of horror, it's not really like a journey for us. You know, I mean, there's so many different kinds, uh, but I can tell it's a journey for you. <laughs> so um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, just get right to it. Uh, well, for, first off, uh, you know, people know you from our prior show, but the people from this show probably don't know you that well. Uh, and boy, they're in for a treat. So do you want to tell them about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Drew Morton. I'm an associate professor of mass communication at Texas A&M University in Texarkana. Uh, my areas of specialty, I, I wrote a couple books on comic book adaptations. So my first book was on comic book style um, in film. And the second book was on the HBO Watchmen show and the, the Watchmen sequels, which basically meant there were like two chapters on Doomsday Clock in there. Uh, so I, I do those. And then I make a lot of video essays on everything from like Stanley Kubrick movies to uh, the most latest piece I did was on uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's me. And yeah, I love I love horror. I'm here to talk about it. And uh, I just actually taught my my film theory class last spring when was it yeah last spring and it was uh there's a genre unit so we did slasher movies which some of the students really appreciated and some of the students were a little more skittish about um but it was it was was a fun class i was really glad to to have taught it and changed it up and so that people know drew and i have known each other for like 15 years yeah something like that yeah Yeah. it sounds right it's it's been a minute so it's, it's been since like TCM Film Fest started, yeah. and I think wow. they're on like aren't they on like year seventeen or something? Something like that. I yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah, what's going on? I I don't know. It might still be. But twenty ten uh, was their first. Was their first, and I wow. oh, okay. I did. I went to um, twenty twelve, 
but we had been interacting online on before that on, Be before on before elon bought it yeah <laughs> yeah back in the day <laughs> and the thing is drew became uh fast friends with our old show and we had uh in fact we were looking at the old old guests and we're like man why do we have drew on so much <laughs> what's he got <laughs> but you you can talk about anything and and actually i took a, a horror film film studies class uh in in college um and of course we talked about psycho I, I think i had like three or four classes that talked about psycho so <laughs> i can't watch that movie anymore it's just i've when you dissect it that that much it's just no more, more fun but uh but you can talk about all things sure. so um but i'm thrilled to have you for horror and in fact i if you're okay talking about it i think you went out to the stanley hotel recently sure right yeah, so my wife and I kind of have this macabre sense of curiosity. So um, throughout our marriage and relationship, where we've been together like 20 years now, but we've been married 15, um, we've kind of done some unique trips as we've been together. So like one year we went to the Museum of Death, which is in Los Angeles, um, which it, it smells very, very weird. They have like shrunken heads and like Jack Kevorkian stuff in there and John Wayne Gacy's painting. Um, but we did other things like um, one of the weirder trips we took was we stayed on the Queen Mary, uh, which is the haunted boat. Um, we went to a wedding in Maine and went to the Danvers State Hospital, which is outside of Boston. Um, mm -hmm. If you've seen the horror movie Session 9, that's where they shot Session 9. Uh, it's also the inspiration for Arkham Asylum. So it's got a lot of history to it, but that's where they like figured out what the transorbital lobotomy is, which is that one from Shutter Island where they go through your eyeball. The most fucked up thing about that trip is we're like looking for this place, right? I'm like, I, I know it's still in town. I've heard stories. We pop it in the GPS and we go up there and it's deluxe condos. People were spending $3,000 a month to live in this. It's gotta be haunted as shit. Like I'm just like, <laughs> I would not stay in that place at all. Like it was weird enough just like, cause look, there's a Popper's Field out back where they got all these, or Potter's Field out back where they got all the, the folks that didn't make it through the uh, the surgery. So yeah, it's, it's kind of fucked up. Mm. Um, but yeah, most recently we, uh, we got to stay at the Stanley. It was a trip we were supposed to take uh, right when COVID started, actually. My annual uh, cinema studies conference was supposed to be in Denver. And um, yeah, it got, it got, you know, canceled indefinitely and rolled over. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, we got to finally do that. And it was it was awesome. Like, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I had kind of gone in and we had visited before. We had had drinks at the bar. Uh, it's also the bar from Dumb and Dumber. So it's it's the hotel is predominantly featured in there. That's where they get their toenails done. And they're staying when they drive the Lambo in. And that's the bar where he's like, oh, we landed nice. on the moon. And in fact, that's yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. Well, we did uh, it, but it, yeah, but it was it was it was really amazing, and I was we they have like a little hedge maze out front now. They've really embraced it. They didn't really embrace it to this extent the last time I was there. Uh, it was like ten years ago, and they had like a couple things you could buy in the you know the bookstore. But now they've got a shining tour. They've gotten I mean, someone had donated a replica of one of the axes, um, and what else was there? They had done a. Uh, a renovation of the bathroom so it's got the green you know toilet and all that stuff and uh it was it was great and we we did the shining tour again they, they couldn't really tell us much 
about the movie because of course the movie wasn't made there the tv miniseries was right right um but you know they show you where like stephen king stayed and where the the hoses were that gave him the inspiration for different sections in the book um but yeah it's got a really good whiskey bar it's it's definitely worth doing and it's it's super secluded and and kind of creepy but what was fun about it is like everyone who's staying there is super into it so like that's awesome we went up on the fourth floor i think i think it's the fourth floor which is like the most haunted and like it was like 11 o'clock at night we're just kind of creeping around because we didn't want to like wake anybody and everyone's got their like doors open and they're like looking for the ghost of the cowboy and they're like come on in like (laughs) nicole and i were like is this like some sort of like swinger thing like you're just like inviting people into your room as a party yeah i was like what the (laughs) we were kind of like a little ambivalent they're like no we got a picture of the ghost you got to look at this picture i'm like yeah i guess if i squint hard enough i can kind of see something but yeah, it was just, it was very cool. And uh, it's gorgeous up there. You know, it's, it's one mm-hmm. of those places where you start looking at those mountains and you're just like, it is so desolate and scary up on top of those places. Like it just, yeah, it's it really uh, kind of puts things in perspective, but it was a fantastic yeah. time. I remember it was the, mostly the exteriors were shot there. And then the interiors with that carpet, uh, the, the, the really unique um, and um, memorable carpet design that Danny plays on, and slightly, slightly different. The hotel for the exteriors, I think, is in Oregon or Washington. Okay. Um, so the only the only link the Stanley has to The Shining is to the book because that's King essentially gotcha. was gotcha. driving uh, across the country and needed to stop for the night. Uh, so they didn't do anything but the miniseries. If you ever saw the miniseries with Stephen Weber, that was all shot there. Um, but yeah, cool. Yeah, my mom took my me to The Shining when I was eight, so that's I'm um, aging myself a little bit. But um, it, it became one of my favorite movies. I've talked about it numerous times on podcasts and elsewhere. I've probably seen it, I don't know, ten to twenty times. It's just, it's yeah, it's magic. Good times. Yeah, yeah and you um, you get that picture of yourself in the bathtub. Um, just yeah. trigger warning. He. <laughs> He does not. He did not look ghoulish, but I don't know that he had bathed. I'm kidding, Drew. I was also you clothed. Looked, you looked I, was, I was clothed. You were completely clothed. There was no skin coming off. Um, no flaps. So, so they designed that that bath to look like the one in the film, and then they, they did. Did. And it's it's my understanding because we had gone to um, Lee Uncrick wrote that that the guy who directed Toy Story three, I think it was, had done that giant coffee table book of The Shining. I don't know if you've seen it yet. It's like fifteen hundred dollars, and the box is the size of a house. But he was talking a little bit about it, and I guess Yan Harlan, Stanley Kubrick's like brother-in-law like has the original bathtub because they were going to throw it away and he's like i'm renovating my bathroom can you just like throw the the tub in there because you're going to throw it away anyways and so yeah they just like gave him the the original bathtub so they were like trying to figure out like can we get original props or not but yeah and drew's like rub a dub dub i'm I'm like yeah send it over send over that really (laughs) gross weird looking bathtub i will totally take it and if you were unbathed, where else would you want to go than a bathtub? You know? Exactly. exactly. And it's not really haunted. It's just a movie. Uh, <laughs> a great movie. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, well, we struggled with this because, uh, well, Jill, I think I can safely say you like some horror, but it's not your favorite thing, right? That is true. Um, so I 
will not watch like slasher movies and it's mainly because i'm a big fucking chicken and (laughs) i'm always let's let's put it this way i'm already terrified that some creep is gonna jump out of like bushes and stab me to death so like i don't need to add to that existing anxiety um so i've actually i've never seen halloween okay um okay because it just the premise scares the absolute shit out of me um i've you know like i think i saw nightmare before elm street before elm street nightmare what is it called (laughs) nightmare on elm street yeah Yeah. that's a nightmare before elm street that's another that's the straight that's the prequel video version yeah i I saw that when i was a kid which was you know a bad choice um but i do like like monster horror and i like thrillers and um like psychological um horror and um and i like most of the other john carpenter stuff it's just i won't i won't do halloween can you do like silence of the lambs or is that off limits yeah no i no i can do it but it's not something that i want to watch so i've seen i've seen it multiple times but i don't want to go like all right let's watch (laughs) let's watch this movie you know um, what about like alien is it different if the slasher is not a person okay yeah yeah, i I can do alien and i actually um the last time i watched alien i was pregnant with my daughter so um which was which was fun and like you know (laughs) in the omen like i can see watch the omen um the exorcist Mm, yeah that's maybe that one i've seen like half of and i had to turn it off it was just like yeah too much but um no i can totally yeah i'm honestly surprised you could do the omen i mean that the omen is pretty wicked the omen the the omen's great though and yeah um and it's i don't know it's kind of borderline like it's campy it is kind of campy and so it's i don't know it it it's a yeah it's got some like gruesome stuff in it but like it it, it's definitely campy so i can kind of suspend enough Mm -hmm. to to get into it you know but um the exorcist is like like this just really fucked up and if you know like that they are still performing exorcisms on people who are obviously severely ill um where they have like schizophrenia or something like and like you know people are being essentially tortured Mm -hmm. um so that is just a little too for me but um but no i i love a good i love a good horror movie as long as it's um you know not michael myers or (laughs) (laughs) we we had a similar conversation nicole and i last week because it was friday the 13th and we're like oh let's watch a friday the 13th movie and i'm like i honestly do not love that franchise like i like halloween because it was like the first one i came to 
And I like Nightmare on Elm Street because it's imaginative and there's some fun set right. pieces. But like Friday the 13th, like it's just like it, it's so boring because the characters are so flat most of the time. And it's just like set up for the meat grinder. And it's just like I, I do not find that version of a slasher normally that yeah. engaging. So I, I can I can see that. Yeah. Years ago. Oh, what's Aaron holding up? Is I'm that... holding up the Friday the 13th box set. Oh I, yeah, I I got it two years ago, and I it took me two years to finish it. In fact, I finished with this piece of junk, which was the remake. The remake, Freddy versus Jason and Jason X are kind of fun. If you haven't seen those, but yeah. Now, y'all would be proud of me is that years ago I did watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'll yeah. never, I will never watch it ever again. But um, it was like one night I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep, and I want to oh, say this was yeah right. And uh, I want to say Ellie might have been a baby, so I was like you know up in the middle of the night and like flipping through the channels, and it was when we still had cable, and I was like. I shouldn't watch this. I shouldn't be watching this. And then I couldn't turn it off. And I was like, like waking up Thomas, like, okay, you got, you got to get up. <laughs> but like, just seeing Leatherface, you know, like, swing, like, I just watched it last week, Jill, in 4K. And I had forgotten how gruesome it is. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's yeah. a part of horror. Drew, I'm interested, interested in your take is that, like for some people, the more gruesome it is, the better. And I think that's what, one of the selling points of franchises like Halloween, Friday the 13th, uh, Final Destination. You know, that's a um, lots of gruesome deaths in that. Uh, sure. Uh, what, do, what do you think is behind that fascination? I, I think it has a lot to do with tone, right? So like I watched Terrifier 2, I think it was last year. That was that independent horror movie that everyone was like, this is the most violent graphic horror movie I've ever seen, right? And I started it. It's it's three hours long or it's close to three hours. I hadn't seen the original one, the first one. Uh, so I'm just jumping in with number two because most people are like, you don't have to see the first one. And it was really gruesome and it, it took like 20 minutes for it to completely like wear off. And then I realized how funny it was trying to be. And it was basically like an itchy and scratchy cartoon. And so like in that context, yes, it's extremely visceral Mm -hmm. and violent. And there's like chunks of teeth and like viscera flying all over. But there's like the scene where I think he like hollows out, he decapitates someone, hollows out their head and is like handing out Halloween candy out of it. Like it's so ludicrous that it like, it wasn't scary or Mm -hmm. unsettling at all. It was just, I was just laughing. Um, but there's other movies like for me, it's always like the Cronenberg ones, like mm-hmm. Videodrome, which I rewatched last week because the 4K came out. And I'm just like, there's something so unsettling about how the body is depicted in there, mm-hmm. um, or the fly for that matter, where it's the you know the, the 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 nails falling out. Like it's that stuff that weirds me out. Like Saw and the rest of them don't normally do that. Um, that said, I, I think everyone's got like little hangups about like body parts that they don't want fucked with. Like I, I, I had a grad student who was a, like, just couldn't watch anything with like eyeballs. So mm-hmm. like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I kind of understand that for some reason. Like, I don't know, like fire in the sky. There's that scene where the 
aliens are coming after his eyeball or uh, the new movie Talk to Me. There's this scene where this kid starts like trying to tear his eye out of the socket where ah. that'll get me. But like very like someone's teeth, you know, their their toes getting smashed with a hammer or something. Most of the time I'm just like, yeah, See, I don't for know. For me, it's fingernails. Anything mm. with fingernails. So like there was that, what's the movie? Um, George Clooney was in it. And he gets tortured. And it's they Syriana? Like pull, it's Syriana. And they oh, pull yeah, his okay. fingernails out with pliers. And yeah. I I was uh we were I think we it might we might have had a Netflix um disc subscription or something, and Thomas put it on the list and it comes in and we're watching watching it and that that comes up and I started <laughs> <laughs> like cannot handle any kind of fingernail business i was like i'm out we're done <laughs> what's funny is they both of us have backgrounds where fingernails actually play the piano by themselves <laughs> and it's i guess if you thought about it it would be skeevy but it's so out there and random that it's hilarious well, which we're is talking basically about a movie, movie that right. where like a piano performs <laughs> uh cunnilingus on on uh <laughs> hey don't spoil <laughs> back to the eyeballs thing uh drew i don't know if you watched audition but just oh you know. yeah the auditions tough yeah that's another one where it's like it's yeah. on like a very short list of ones that are just like i find very unsettling but again i think it's so subjective right mm-hmm. and um i think a lot of people that they have fun watching it because it, it encourages them to like face their fears or something Uh, If they're capable of doing that, because, yeah, I do notice that there's very much a gendered component where both women are kind of turned off by them. But then, like, if you look at, like, film Twitter and Mm -hmm. horror Twitter, it's a lot of younger women who are just like, yes, I I watched this and I faced my fear and I found something empowering in it. And Mm -hmm. there's different versions of female characters in here, like the final girl who does get to kind of hold her own in ways that other heroines don't get to in other genres. So. I think some people kind of find it liberating in the same way that I think that's that's one of the reasons women sometimes like true crime is it's like, yeah, like I have to deal with this back to Jill's point about Halloween. I have mm-hmm. to deal with this fear all the time. This helps me face it. This helps me learn about it. This yeah. helps me cope with it. Well, horror is also just a, I mean, it has long been kind of the genre for the misfits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, especially when you get into like body horror and and how that relates to say gender, um, uh, being trans, sexuality. So like you have this genre where all of these fears and things are are put on display, but really a lot of times it's just to kind of work through what it means to be, you know, on the outside or to be different or whatever. Um, so that's why I wish I could fully break embrace more horror because I know that a lot of that is really at the root of um, the th- the themes in these movies, but I'm I, I'm checking. Sure, no, no, that's the that's the beautiful <laughs> thing about genre, right? It's like, yeah, they're so formulaic that they can do other things, and yeah, horror is often about the the fear of repressed things that we're dealing with on you know in everyday culture. Like, so I took this great class when I was an undergrad in the honors program. Um, with this literature professor, her name was Debbie Best, and it was on like literature and monstrosity, and it was basically like you're reading Dracula, and what's really Dracula about? What is Dracula, sim- mm-hmm. sim- you know, 
symbolize and it's immigrants, right? And it's this influx of immigrants coming into London in Victorian periods. And this is kind of how they're dealing with this, this anti-immigrant hysteria at the time. Um, so yeah, no, it is always kind of, the, that's the freedom of it, right? Yes, they're formulaic mm-hmm. and people criticize them for that, but they can often deal with that more taboo subject matter because it's right. within the, the Trojan horse of the genre. Yeah. So there's a, um, um, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I, since you're an a- academic uh, and I, you mentioned Final Girl, so uh, those sure. are, who are aware of Carol Clover's work, uh, I think it was around the 70s. Um, yeah. Basically just high level Carol Clover had a theory that the final girl um, always survives these slasher movies and that specifically they confronted their attacker with a phallus, so a knife or a stick or something like that. Um, as a and, and I kind of wonder if like, you know, she informed the genre. So like, okay, we need a final girl with a knife or a stick um, <laughs> or or if it's just reading too much into it or yeah, so I, what do you think about Clover and, and just her theories? I think I think her theories are very, you know, important and prominent. And I, I think it is one of those phenomenon where once people like did the reading, because I, I don't think Clover is like a niche reading. Yeah, it's academic, but I, there are so many people who are just like horror buffs who like can can speak mm-hmm. to that that article or that that book. It, there was a shorter article and then it became a longer book. Um, who could speak to it pretty well. And it, it's kind of high minded, but in general, you've got the broad mm-hmm. strokes right. Where again, it's this woman. Um, who's not quite feminine and not quite masculine. She kind of occupies this more ambiguous territory, right? She can be masculine enough to kind of hold her own. But there's this kind of gender inversion that happens where most of the time the masked killer um, is male, but normally an adolescent male or a juvenile male who's stuck in a state of like arrested development, normally because of something that's happened in the house. So like, you know, Friday the 13th, right? The mom um halloween right dealing with a broken household norman bates and psycho and the reason she's able to succeed is essentially she can claim a masculine power that that guy can't automatically control yeah she demasculates it yeah yeah, exactly to the the article in the show notes i think it's probably on jstor or some other database in lockdown but you can find just wikipedia probably has something about her so uh yeah i i think it's an interesting theory uh you know, whether it holds water uh, 30, 40 years later, I guess we'll, we don't, there, there really aren't as many slasher movies these days, would you say? Well, that's, that's kind of the interesting thing. It's almost migrating more over to prose where like you do have like right, Brady Hendricks right. who writes the book, the, the Final Girl Support Club, where it does kind of become this, this verb that people are familiar with, or this noun that people are familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. Um where all of a sudden it's it's taken on this popularity and you don't really need to define it. It's not something that's super academic. Um, but yeah, like Stephen Graham Jones is writing slasher novels now. Um, the great indigenous author who wrote uh, The Only Good Indians. That's my favorite by him. It's more psychological horror kind of in the vein of The Shining. But he's writing a, a series of books about a protagonist named Jay Daniels that's, that's just slasher based and they're incredibly successful. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's something maybe about the gender politics of them or the, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, gore where it is like, how do you do this in such a way where you're not, you know, kind of objectifying women, but also allowing women a space where they can be empowered um, to be, you know, the, a protagonist who is a damsel in distress or something like that. 
Yeah, lots of people can be dismissive, um, but I, I think there's a lot to dig into if you uh, really have the time for it. Sorry, go ahead, Chills. Yeah. So along kind of in the same uh, line of thought, we're talking about how horror is usually a stand-in for uh, or represents uh, whatever controversial or um, uh, you know com complicated human interaction or whatever. But um, years ago, this was 2018, and I'll see if both of you remember this, but The Sun, as in the British tabloid mm -hmm. piece of shit newspaper. <laughs> oh, the Frankenstein headline. Yeah, had a story about, and this is the headline, and we'll put it, we'll put it in the, the show notes. Snowflake students claim Frankenstein's monster was misunderstood. And... <laughs> and um at the time when this when this happened like everybody on then known as twitter they were like that's the book <laughs> like yeah that's literally <laughs> the book is that the monster is the victim here like mm -hmm. like read the fucking book <laughs> So and, and so you do get this when when people are um and especially and I don't I, I feel like it hasn't happened as recent but like whenever there's horror movies and there's the that come out um like the Babadook would be one where there was um some criticism um critical analysis of it and then people go well what is it you know um just it's just a scary movie you know and and let's not get into the politics or the yada, 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 yada. but that's but that's a hundred percent what this genre is sure right i mean it's so mm -hmm. I, I i was reminded of that today when i was prepping for the show and i was like yeah woke the woke mind virus yeah don't yeah. woke the babadook <laughs> i yeah for those that didn't see i have I, this is on my list. I, I don't know if you can see it here. You're struggling the, today with this. The You're second run. Today. It's a yeah, background. It, yeah, it's the background. Yeah, but I have the 4K from second run, and I'm gonna rewatch it. I I think uh, that's that would probably be an amazing film on 4K for the sound, if nothing else. Uh, have, have you seen the Bab Duke, Jill? Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't no, recommend it because because, <laughs> I, because I was basically told. If you have a child, well, and when it yeah. came yeah. out, when did this yeah. come out? Twenty yeah. fourteen, somewhere around it's, there. Yeah, yeah. Ellie old, was yeah. Ellie was little, and I was basically told you you cannot watch this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's was, it's it's birth control in a movie. Like it's, it's one of those where like my, Nicole watched it with me once and is like, I can't watch that movie again. Like yeah. the, the kid, yeah, the kid drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. So that's I mean, and like when you when you do so for all of you who don't know i do have one child we are a one and done couple that's it mm -hmm. she's 13 years old she's awesome she's going to be an amazing adult mm -hmm. um but when you have a child and when they are little those fuckers are so creepy <laughs> and you're like asleep in your bed and you like something wakes you up and you open your eyes and you have this little person standing above you breathing heavy <laughs> <It's> like, 
I used to do that too. My parents were like, that was so weird. I was like, I was always worried dad was going to get mad at me if I like made noise and woke him. So I would just kind of stand there and patiently wait for like to be acknowledged. And now I'm like, yeah, as an adult, that's no. fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be like, you'll be asleep and you go, and you know, it's like you're asleep, but you're waking up and you aware. go, you're aware of something. You're like, wait, what is that? And you might, you feel like a little little breeze on your face and then you open and your kid is just like standing over your <laughs> you know it's like that's a horror movie right there <laughs> so that's so that's why when that came out she was younger and i was mm-hmm. like i don't and then they have the little you know kids have that little <laughs> voice and like you just don't want to you know you don't want to do that voice at two in the morning yeah. Hey, yeah. I took a bit, vi- I made Ellie, um, the other, the positive about having a child is that you can make them say anything you want. So when she was a kid, I made her go around and so I have, I have video of that, which is great, you know? So, um, but no, I have not seen the Babadook, um, yeah, no, I know he's away. a gay, stay I know away. he's a gay icon and I probably should, should, uh, do that but i don't know i said second run it's second sight is what i have um they have great additions so i i i I, it's a difficult movie to watch so that's why i haven't watched it yet but i'll during october so speaking of which drew you watch a lot of movies like way more than me i'm so super jealous he's like on (laughs) Um, number like four thousand for the year I think so, yeah. And I, when I look at Letterbox, I see like seven thousand, and I'm like, okay, Drew's gonna lap me here in a second. But, um, but there's this thing, Thirty One Days of Horror, which I can't do, and it's not because I don't like horror. I just because I, sure. you know, I, you know, it's football and baseball season. I'm wearing, yeah, yeah. It was it was a cruel per it was a cruel fucking fills man the yeah. fucking fills the God. Diamondbacks they got it yeah <laughs> and they got routed last night nothing God. against the city of Philadelphia except for everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um but yeah so I, I've been watching that but um but I, I see you doing the thirty one days of horror are you gonna actually make it and do actual actually thirty one days. I'll, I'll I'll easily hit 31 movies. I don't know if I'll hit 31 days. I did the challenge I kind of have for myself is I, I've been trying to watch two movies a day all year. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And then with 31 days of horror, the issue that I had a couple of years ago is I think I did two months of it and I was like burned out. And then like last year I watched a bunch, rewatched a bunch of favorites, but I'm always trying to find like new stuff. So I was trying to do 31 new horror movies this year and then some old favorites mixed in there. But it's just like, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of a chore sometimes, especially when you're picking out some, like I've been watching some of the pre-code ones on Criterion and some of them are good and some mm-hmm. of them are not. Like I watched some Randolph Scott one the other night I never thought I'd see him in a horror movie. Uh, I think it was Murders in the Zoo and it just was not not nearly as good as like Murders in the Room Morgue, which is trying to do some of the same stuff. Um, but the Murders one that I watched, huh. okay. yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a RKO. I'd have to go back and look, but one I, I watched recently. Yeah. It's oh, RKO Cause that's, that's who he was signed with Yeah, uh, mm. at that time. So yeah, definitely RKO. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't think it was just limited to universal. Um, but one I watched recently, and this had been on the list for a while is a movie called angst. 
It's a German film from like 1983. And it was making the rounds uh, amongst some of my people because it has a prominent wiener dog featured in it. And I have a, I have a Dotson named okay. Paps. I'm glad okay. you said dog. <laughs> I am so glad you said dog because that's what you were going to say. It had a prominent wiener. And... <laughs> Which is fun, you know. Which is also prominent, a, a very prominent wiener. Yeah, that, it, that, it, that encourages it, the angst. More, more wiener go Drew movie. Thank you. But uh, it's so it's just, it's really unsettling, and I didn't realize coming in. It's based on a true story where it's a, basically a home invasion movie where this guy had been in jail for like ten years in Germany. He gets out, and he's just like, oh, you know, I didn't really. I think he had. He had killed or attacked his mom in the past, and that's why he's locked up. And he gets out, and he's like, yeah, I'm still pissed at women and my mom because of everything she did to me when I was a kid. I'm going to break into this house and, like, torture these people. But it's got, like, an intimacy to it where it's kind of like Henry of Portrait of a Serial Killer where your point of view is completely overlapped with the person. Yeah. And they're constantly narrating and talking to you, the audience, where you feel complicit in what's going on. So it's not necessarily, I mean, it's gory towards the end, but like, it's like 80 minutes and it's like 65 mm -hmm. minutes of this guy just like lurking around this house while this wiener dog's like, <laughs> watch it. And it's just like, it's so unsettling just because you're like, you are so tied to this guy's point of view. It's just, it's, it's, it, it just gives you the heebie-jeebies. It was something like Straw Dogs where a movie where it's just like when I was done with it, I was like, I need to like go out for a walk. Straw um, wiener dogs, you mean? It's straw wiener dogs, yeah. Uh, but it was it was it was intense. Uh, I think mm -hmm. I saw it. It was on Tubi. If you're looking to find it, because I think it's kind of hard to find on Blu-ray. But I I, I loved it. it. It it had some incredible wow. camera work, and the lead actor was really good. But yeah, it was one of the one of the movies like Irreversible or you know something like that, where I'm like I I really like this, but I do not think I will ever watch this again. This is incredibly incredibly difficult to watch. And of course, the, the, I'll, I'll say some slight spoilers. The wiener dog makes it. So if you're a dog person and you're worried about that, uh, the wiener dog is okay. Uh, but it did reiterate to, to Nicole and I, even though she didn't watch it, I, I gave her a report. I was like, Paps would do absolutely nothing if people broke into the house because the wiener dog's like <laughs> sleeping under the blanket and not barking and he's bought off with treats. And I was like, yeah, we'd be sold up the river by that dog in no time. Like, and they'd oh, be yeah. like, yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, y'all yeah, hear my in. dogs right now. Yeah. These dogs, no. There's <laughs> no. You have, a, you, you have a guard cat behind you. So you're good. I do. I do. That, that nobody, projectile nobody vomit that blood. No, <laughs> yeah. its eyes twinkle. You know, hmm. yeah. I just, uh, no, my dogs would be like, sugar is the whippet mix, and she's the vicious one. And hmm. her bark sounds terrible. But the minute somebody walks in and like, hey how you doing she like rolls over you know like it would, we our throats would be actually these dogs would slit our throats like there's no there's like no loyalty whatsoever <laughs> it's something so uh well what what uh what do you have uh coming up drew what movies in the, in the hopper for horror the, um for the month yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good question um well, I just got these Tad Browning ones, so I, I want to see yeah. uh, The Unknown and The Mystic, the two others other than Freaks, which I've seen before. Um, what else was on the list? There's a, a Spanish-language film called uh, Thesis or Thesis, which is about, like, a student filmmaker. Um, and it's got, like, you know, like, basically, like, haunted movie 
theme, I think. Uh, I don't know that much about it. Um, I've never seen Polanski's Fearless Vampire Killers, which I feel like I should probably watch one of these days, given, you know, it's it's kind of prominence. Um, a couple other um, international ones. I saw The Devil Under the Shadow, which I think is Iranian. Uh, and then there's a Hungarian film. I don't know if it's a horror film or a noir film. It's called Twilight. So every time I mention it to somebody, they think it's the vampire movie. Uh, but it was made by like, uh, a friend of Bella Tars or maybe a student. I don't know that much about it, uh, but it was recently restored uh, and toured the country for like its 25th anniversary and no one really saw it here. And I guess it's really good. It's it's about a guy hunting a, uh, like he's like a police officer hunting a child uh, mass murderer or serial killer. So yeah, I was, I was kind of interested in it. It's black and white. It looks very uh, moody and atmospheric. So I've been kind of wanting to see that. But that's that's what's on the list. Sounds um, great. Uh, yeah. Well, I have uh, some visual aids for mine. Um, hopefully they'll work. This is the folk horror box set. So, and besides, most people are going to hear this on audio, so I'll be very descriptive. Uh, the actual box is not in here. You can't really see it anyway because it's over by the player. Um, a great set. Uh, and then I have. The Wicker Man. That's the imprint box. I I watched it last Halloween. And then I have Juon, The Curse. So that's this is the Arrow 4K version. Um, I did not realize that there were two prequels, or two, not prequels, but two movies before that that were very low budget. So um, it was interesting to huh. watch one of those. How How is The Curse? I've never seen that one. Uh, the, the Japanese version, the... the I guess it's technically the third movie. It's very, very okay. good. If you like, if you like J horror, you know, if you like Ringu, it's kind of, you know, cut from the same cloth as that. Sure. And I, I know this is on Criterion. This is Don't Look Now. Um, by the way, I don't think I ever have to go to Venice because I've seen so many movies with it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm gonna watch that. I know that there's a 4K of the Criterion, but I have the Studio Canal. And uh, last is Saint Maud. I um I just blind bought it last year for like nine dollars and thought okay I'll watch it during Halloween. I heard good things about that one. What about you, Jill? Um, so I didn't. I've got visual aids as well, but I didn't bring up the um, uh, Universal Monster Box set. It's not the big one. It's the one with like the eight films in it. That's got yeah. uh, Frankenstein Bride, Dracula. Mummy, Invisible Man, Phantom, Preacher, and Wolfman. Yeah. yeah. So um that one, Ellie loves that whole set. And we we um kick things off with the Invisible Man, nice. which is like that's my favorite. favorite. That one's so good. She's great, yeah. Yeah. She loves that one and she loves the Wolfman. Um <laughs> I'm all like I'm like pro mummy. <laughs> but anyway, so that so we've got that. And then I this is always a favorite. Mm, that's a oh, that's a good one. Uh, Dead yeah. of Night. Yeah. Um, and then the Burbs. The Burbs is a good one. That's a fun one. Which we <laughs> just showed that we showed this to Ellie for the first time last year, <laughs> and she. So we are not religious, um, and we have not raised our child in a religious household. But my husband and I were raised religious and so this was like when this came out 
you know, you got that guilt, you know, like, should I be watching this? You know, but Ellie has no frame of reference because she's a heathen. So like we were having to actually explain to her like the devil worshiping uh suburbia like fear from the you know 80s, 80s and 90s. The satanic panic, you know, yeah. the dude, yeah, yeah, dude, dude, you know, back in the there's like dude back in the woods back there that's sacrificing children, mm-hmm. you know. So um next up is we teach her about Chester the molester. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um <Wow>. so the <laughs> the burbs. Um, and then, which, you know, we didn't know when we were kids that that was like from penthouse, like we had no clue. It was just, there was always a weird dude in the neighborhood and all the kids called him Chester, (laughs) Chester the molester. Um, then I've got, let's see. Um, I haven't watched this one in a few years. So I think I'm going to dig this out. And I saw you what you were reading, uh, the turn of the screw drew, uh, which immediately made me think of this movie. I think that's one of the best yeah. adaptations uh this of, i mean i'm telling you this movie is shit is shit your pants mm-hmm. terrifying um and just really really fucked up it's yeah. the one reason i haven't watched mike flanagan's haunting a blind manor like i like mike flanagan a lot but i was i was like i don't know how you beat the innocence with regards to this story because it's just so good i mean it is perfectly done and you can double feature it and get um uh both michael redgraves here nice oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. nice um um and then let's see um we're gonna go with the old hag double feature <laughs> of the screaming woman <laughs> And scream pretty Peggy. Nice, so you, nice. you've got Olivia de Havilland and Betty Davis in two screen <laughs> features. Um, and then let's see. Classic actresses uh, one, screaming away. Yeah. Then we've got this Mark of the Vampire. Nice. This was one of the few uh Warner archives to come out in the last year. Yeah, I was a little disappointed so, in that one. I don't know. Like I I think it's yeah. browning and I, I had very high expectations kind of coming in. And it's one of those where it's 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 interesting to watch because it's almost kind of a parody of a of a horror movie, like very early on, because yeah. it is very kind of campy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I just had different expectations for what it was. Uh, and finally um oh yeah vincent price okay gonna bust that's the into good this, stuff gonna bust into this set that was here. a uh, vincent price was it six movies I, I saw yeah it's um so you have so it's the P- edgar Allan poe yeah yeah oh, those are the good. corman so ones yeah fall of the house yeah yeah fall of the house of usher pit in the pendulum tales of terror the raven <laughs> the raven so stupid <laughs> um haunted palace and tomb of legia so oh, yeah. these are those are good. These will be fun. Yeah, I've got William Castle over here too. Nice, nice. So I, might, a blast. I might dip into those. He's, I love, he's so I fun. I love that kind of stuff. That's that's the kind oh, of campy yeah. stuff I really love in horror. Um, even yeah. even like Ed Wood, bad movie, good. Uh, uh, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. by the way, I have to circle back through. You asked or you mentioned the Haunting of Bly Manor. I actually think it stands. You know, it, it's not. Don't expect the innocence, and the, sure. the scenes by the lake are nowhere near as chilling. Oh my word! I, that, yeah, that, you. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. The the lake. I the mean, lake, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's 
like just these still images. I can see a still image and feel just as creeped out as I can watching the movie again. I think I'm going to have to watch the movie again. And I think that one needs to come out in 4K, honestly. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And the, you know, going back to my like, I'm chicken on slasher movies and stuff, but I don't do well with jump scares either. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't class classify the one the dude like in the window as a jump scare because mm-hmm. it's not like they're popping out but it's still like i want to rip my skin yeah off. like <laughs> or a cat in the closet <laughs> or something and yeah it's it's low-hanging yeah. fruit but um what's interesting about horror nowadays i, I just rewatched um uh it follows and um, mm. and i think that's a good example of kind of the higher concept kind of a 24 ish um a24ization although from what i hear they're going to make um major (laughs) major films again so yeah the witch 2 is going to be um it's going to be a lot different than which one there was a well we can drop this in the show notes too but there was a reductress headline which is like the feminist onion or whatever and uh it was it's basically like a24 made the announcement of what they're doing and and it was, it was basically like now A24 is going to be making Michael Bay movies or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, be explosions now or something. Well, they, yeah. they lost um, they lost $35 million on Bo is Afraid. So it's, yeah. it's one of those where, again, it's like their, their followers and that film Twitter constituency is enough to like give them some success. But like mm-hmm. when it comes to those bigger budget projects that they're taking on, they they still, you know. They, they kind of need some some winners and i think that they had a lot of art house movies uh kind of do well at the box office and i think a lot of people that saw those movies did not expect art house like i don't know uh the lighthouse for example you know probably uh, well I and, love and some of them are better than other. i love the lighthouse yeah. but like yeah. what was it they come at night i was just like i've seen this yeah, before yeah. this is like every zombie movie like it just felt <laughs> like i was like mm-hmm. you're you're trying to put it behind the sheen of art house but it, the concept behind it isn't that interesting i mean it was well made but yeah i just was like this is it you know like <laughs> okay <laughs> and i love midsummer and i think that that did pretty well for them but uh i haven't seen bows afraid yet uh like many others apparently um Heard it's good, but uh, yeah, that's. I could see I people seeing Amazon. Midsummer. I think it's on Amazon Prime now because I, I was debating watching it because it was one of those where I didn't mm-hmm. want to go in theaters because I was like, I'm going to have a panic attack. I know I was reading the reviews. <laughs> I'm like, this is like Schenectady, New York, but the nightmare version. I was like, I'm going to need like a Xanax. <laughs> like a friend of mine was like, we could go, we could get stoned. And I was like, that's the last thing I need to do when I'm watching that movie. <laughs> okay, noted. I, I heard that A24 was going to put out their own um, 4K version of it. and But the thing is, it was supposed to be a couple months ago, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. So I was just, uh, the Blue or blue Summer, the Midsummer one was uh, amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, they have really good, um, when they do physical releases, they're really good. I can't wait for the um, Michael Bay A24 4K film uh, next year. <laughs> the box set. Ambulance. <laughs> Ambulance on 4K with like a, a knit like sleeve or something. Because I always do this like, I don't know, it's like an old library book or something like in my midsummer. Yeah, set. this is, here's the headline. <laughs> I've got it pulled up here. A24 announces they're done with the emo shit. Finally rich enough to fund a movie with big explosion. 
<laughs> I remember I being that now, yeah. That. But you're right, Drew. They they have had some some uh, a bad year actually. So hope, hopefully they'll, they'll. I mean, I think they do great work, um, and actually great horror work. So it, it follows is an example of a movie that is high concept but doesn't work as well the second time. You know, once you've seen it, but it's uh, it's a good first time watch. So, all right. Well, um, should we say anything about our next steps, Jill? Keep in mind this won't be out until probably next week. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Well, I guess we... All right, so I'm going to pretend it's next week. <laughs> Just this week, we uh, we announced the registration for our Noir Vember uh, journey, which is going to be... We're going to do monthly ones, and just everybody's going to hopefully join in and have fun. Uh, we're going to have uh, a list of films, and we're already putting that list together. We're going to get the um, help of our founding members for some ideas. And then we're going to um, have four Zoom calls, one a weekend, and we'll have discussions, we'll have recommendations, probably eight to 10 films, uh, noir films, but you know, you're know you welcome to watch as many. You could do 31, Drew, if you want. Um, <laughs> so founding members will get that free, and we're kind of still like in the midst of finalizing our website, but this is most, yeah, actually, I wouldn't say mostly, this is functional. So we'll, we'll, we'll launch this for a very cheap price for everybody else, uh, just to um, enjoy the month with us, uh, spend some time with some noir, and then also see how it goes too. So um, you're not quite beta yeah. testers, but uh, we we want your your opinions are going to shape the the direction this project goes. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. Anything to add, Jill? No, I'm just super excited. Noir is a great way to kick things off, I think, and yeah. um, I just have to decide. I keep flipping back and forth between <laughs> the movie I want to talk about, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Lever to Heaven. Mm. Um, mm. Just because it's fucked up. It is. It is. <laughs> it's really fucked that's up. That's a horror too. So that, that's a, that's a twofer. <laughs> uh, actually, what was funny is when I was going through and pulling movies to watch for this month, I was like, hmm, <laughs> these are like, uh, you know, a little bit of both. So you can just kind of like seamlessly move into November. Um, the one I was going to pull was Dead Again mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Kenneth Branagh and that's a good uh, one. Emma Thompson. Yeah, so that's a great one. Um, so I'm, I'm reserving it for mm -hmm. November, but nice. it, it can straddle the line. So, um, but yeah, um, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, so hope hopefully people will join us and Oh, people will join us. Yeah. I, I, I've already heard from some. So yeah, looking forward to that. And um, and speaking of Todd Browning, uh, the my copy and Jill's copy of Freaks and, and well, that, the entire box arrives today. So I can't wait. I hear the the packaging and design is just amazing. That's one thing you got to give them credit. You know, it's not just about the cover artwork. It's all about the whole package. And I, I hear that that one is one of the best. So yeah, well, I think we're gonna we're thinking about doing an episode on it, right, right, Jill? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Be great. And my flash sale uh, stuff shipped today. Nice. Mine so too. what did you I'm, get? I am. I got it all <laughs> here. I, I've. I've. Uh, let's see. We'll give. We'll give our listeners a little bonus here. Let me pull this. I think up. they all saw it yesterday. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That was a, they that saw, was on Substack. They saw it yesterday. Yeah. But um, let me hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? 
Here's the lineup. Hit me. Okay. The Servant. Good one. Inland Empire. Chili Scenes of Winter. One False Move 4K. The Trial 4K. Dreams 4K. Moon Age Daydream 4K. Parallax View. Thelma and Louise 4K. Hollywood Shuffle. Tunes of Glory. No Bears. And La Forma. Oh, wow. You you did get it all. (laughs) Yeah, man, I went, I went, I went. I had a $50 gift certificate, nice. so I was like, I'm gonna spend four times. <laughs> I think that's their strategy. So, yeah, we're gonna do an unboxing. Yeah. Well, probably by the time this is out, we'll have done it, but uh, it'll be fun to see them. Maybe we can all alternate. I, I definitely will not use this background because <laughs> it does not work. Yeah, uh, Drew, where, uh, where can people find you? On the internet, um, I am I am on the the site formerly known as Twitter at the Cinema Doctor, all one word. Um, yeah, you can you can find me predominantly. There. I'm on Blue Sky, but like I want Blue Sky to take off, but it's still not like quite quite there yet. It's but the people are it's nice though. So I'll say that it's not a it's not a toxic shithole. So yeah, like <laughs> you know, you're gonna put something out there, and you're gonna get it. You're gonna get warmth back. You're not gonna get you know Nazis yeah. in your you know replies or something. That could, that could also be a, a horror movie, you know, uh, going, yeah. To, yeah. Going, going to Twitter these days. So Green Room, just Green Room the movie. <laughs> I don't know if you've <laughs> seen that one. Uh, it's it's really good, but yeah. I have. It's I have. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jill has a green screen. <laughs> I do have a green screen. <laughs> green Room, green screen. All right, uh, should we l- let people know where to follow us? I can't keep track. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're still kind of working on that. We are technically on the site formerly known as Twitter, but we haven't really done anything. Mm-hmm. And then my personal biscuit kitten, uh, I still have my Twitter account, but that is, I'm only keeping it for DMs. So um, you will not find me there. Um, Blue Sky um, mm-hmm. is kind of where we're setting up. So um, that is Cinema Journeys dot bsky dot social i, I, I think, think that's it yeah um and then we will have a letterbox and mm-hmm. an instagram and all that business um we will keep you all updated on that but we're we're kind of slow launching mm-hmm. we're get, getting the website up that's the most important thing and yes. then we'll have a link tree with all the socials and eventually we'll just start yes. posting all that stuff up there um, frankly, yeah, just just for us to keep track of where we are, because we did reserve them all. Um, I think just about all of them. So, uh, so yeah, you can you'll be able to see us on socials very very soon. Drew, thanks for for uh, coming back. Uh, you're our of first course. guest. Couldn't think of a better one. So uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, always a pleasure. <laughs>